Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to another fantastic episode of Stories Around Azeroth. I am always Pete Titanscreen Nethercoat, and joined by my gnome cohort in crime. I haven't got anything fabulous to say about him this week. It's Mr. Presley Tastic. How you doing, hey. sir? I'm doing great. Just uh, uh, I got all this pe this pepper from Mexican food in my stomach. I'm like, oh, I should not have eaten those right before the show. Well, that Mexican food. Let's hope it does not uh, hurt you sitting there for about an hour while we talk some Warcraft business and all the stories of around this world that we like to call home. Yes. Speaking of, Mr. Frasley, what have you done in Azeroth this week? So I did the new war campaign, and I saw all the fun stuff that happened. I uh, watched it twice and found out that I'm, a, I'm again, not an efficient person on the story. I took my time looking around stuff, and, like, Kaplan was like, Hey, I'm already here, and you're still there. I'm like, hey, I, I'm not going to fly around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like it's classic. I can't fly and enjoy the scenery. So I had fun doing that. And just seeing all the different parts of the zones, it was fun being back in Orgrimmar as an alliance. I mean, <laughs> but like, uh oh, should I be here? Imagine, then, have you managed to do anything else other than the war campaign? I did some mount runs and stuff like that, and I can't think of it. Did a lot of classic. Anyway, I, I'm trying to remember. Did I do classic? It's been a busy week because I, I had a lot of a lot of work going on. But I, I, I know I game. I just can't remember. You, you know, it's trying to remember what you did. How about you? I, I bet you remember because I, I, I hear a little birdies told me that I may be sending somebody a pizza real soon. Well, you got you got a little while to wait. I've only got fifteen characters that can do it right now. Um, no, nothing much. Um, really hasn't been a lot this week. Uh, so I've done the war campaign. Just as you have. Only done it on the Alliance side right now. Um, enjoying some Brewmaster stuff. I've been taking this week. There's a lot going on in like all of the gaming stuff that I take part in this week. So uh, without getting too much into that. It's been, a, it's been hard trying to divide my time between some different games here and there. While doing normal, you know, world stuff. But, yeah, you know, I've just been getting on with it. This week was the last week for me to get the Nashatar meta done, so I've got my crab mount from there. Nice. I've got three mounts. I've got one of the time walking mounts from badges. I know I got a third. Oh, and then I got the uh, the last one from doubloons. Okay. So the seahorse, which you'll never really see anyway, but um, it's another variant of that one. Oh. On the crab mount, are yes. you alliance or horde? I don't remember. I'm alliance. Okay, because I was going to say, if, if you're horde and Ali was in war mode, you could, you could ride over and, and uh, kill Ali's uh, iron on a... And that way, Ali would die to another crab. <laughs> I mean, I could, but Ali's on the US servers as well. So, I mean, there's a, there's a small <laughs> problem there. But I'll have, to let, I'll, have to, I'll have to let Ali know. I mean, she's here that she's actually telling people to go and kill her, kill her while uh, she's uh, leveling on her iron man now. I didn't say that. You're inciting, I... you're inciting some stuff there, Mister Frasley. <laughs> and yeah, Ali said they wouldn't get into war mode on the iron. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying to find. Um, 
I'm just trying to find ways to level efficiently without going back and doing a lot of questing. So, and without just repeatedly doing time walking as well. So, a good thing I've been doing uh, with my Pandaren Warrior is that I flew around uh, the three islands of Kul'Tiris and I got a lot of the chests that were there. Because in full heirlooms, they'll give you about 26,000. So you can generally get at least a whole level. And it'll also give you 100 war resources to start the war campaign going on that character. So between that and uh, doing some like normal questing that you can get from just pondering around and doing things, you can get to about 111, 112 and get your first uh, war campaign departure, I believe. And... Then I remembered that all of Zoldazar is 120 and doesn't scale to your levels. So don't go trying to get all the boxes on the opposite faction because everything that surrounds them is 120 and will ruin you. It's um, not pleasant. So it's like Suramar was in Legion. Uh, yeah, so uh, other than the actual leveling areas that you're doing for the quest to go to the other continent... Uh, everything is 120, so you can't exactly just fly around. I never knew that. Oh, I, I guess I showed that. I, I forgot, I, <laughs> to be fair. I so, stuck to the path, so I, I, I guess that's, that's me well, being a sheep. No, no, it's not that at all. It's, it's, trying to, it's trying to find stuff that you want to do. Like, I don't want to go and do all of the, the questing again, you know? I, yeah. I've done it once before. It's a pain in the ass that some places you have to go to in order to unlock flight points, but with flying now, it's not that much of a problem. Uh, I think that's about it. I've started doing the, the B-mount stuff, uh, but so far my time has only really allowed me to spend a couple of hours on Wednesday flying around. Otherwise, I've just been killing uh, the Honey Smasher Rare every day. That's right. I forgot. I started the B-mount and then I... Someone, uh, someone told me that to go on an alt. So I go on the alt, and they said, "Oh, by the way, you probably should attune your character to the hive." So I killed the honey smasher on an alt. I didn't get the the honey because I wasn't attuned, yeah. but I did get a fez for that that bee. So I was like, "Okay, at least that that redeemed it." But now I I, I got to work on that. That's gonna be quite a grind, but it'll it be is sweet. quite a grind. You require like I did the math. It's like six thousand of the green level honey. So it's not bad. Uh, you get 500 rep over time, but the the it's very different for the B stuff. Is that not only do you need rep with the faction, you also need to feed enough honey into like this small little bee because that grows up to be the mount. And until you actually get that grown up, you don't get the actual mount itself. Oh, that explains why you're feeding this bee. Yeah. Okay, so it's. It's not like that that one ancient mana person in Legion that I hated as you kept giving them all his mana. And then you find out why they why you do it, yep. and then you end up loving that person that you hated the whole time. But wow, okay, so you're actually feeding yeah. your pet, so that way you can be like, one day you'll be mine and under exactly. my control. Yeah. But um, if to talk about time walking this week, I'm not sure if you've done any this week. No. No. It's very different looking into Warlords of Draenor time-walking dungeons compared to everything else. Now, I like Warlords of Draenor dungeons. I think they're very good at what they do. They're very time-succinct and everything else and be able to keep you on the right path to keep it going and done in 15 to 20 minutes. The problem is, is that because Warlords is so 
dis uh, it's, it's so hated as an expansion that you get a lot of people who never done it and i've noticed this with a lot of time walking dungeons is that we're getting to the point where people are playing the game now who never experienced these dungeons and warlords is one where uh, well, Skyreach is a good example. People don't understand about the beginning set of trash or how to deal with the bosses properly. So, yeah. Warlords, more than any other time walking, seems to be problematic in how people run it. Because they don't understand some of the mechanics and they're not willing to just stand still. They think they, think they can grab all of the trash before the first boss and that trash will kill you. It doesn't matter what level you are, that trash will absolutely murder you. Uh, I think Skyreach is the only one I've really had a problem with. Um, yeah, but we're at Warlords now, which means that we'll cycle around and the next one will be Burning Crusades. So. I, I wonder what it's like. Do they do they fall off the thing when they're trying to get past the wind in Skyreach? No, it's not even that. It's um, all the trash up to the first boss with the, the little pets and the fact that you've got the healers as well. They can't deal with that. And then it's the second boss... Uh, where you've got to block the beams going towards the boss. If you don't, they'll heal him and they'll give him an attack buff. And when he does the smash, he'll do even more damage. And whenever these beams go towards the boss, people just get out of the way of them, thinking they're bad. I I, I guess I... Back when I did Skyreach, I, I was playing it on people who, who knew Warlords right after, right at the end of Legion. Yeah. And, I, and I guess I've not played Skyreach since then. It's 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 a bit of a tough one. It's it's hard because I like time walking as a feature. As I said before, it should just be open all the time because then at least people can queue into these dungeons and actually get to see them. You know. Yeah. But it's uh, it's there. I it's, I've still got to do a couple on my warrior. I've because this time walking vendor is unlike the other ones. It doesn't sell rings or trinkets, so it sells weapons and armor. Which is a little bit iffy, but does it sell rep for the uh, Pathfinder? No, it, it, it sells rep for the Warlords stuff at fifty uh, fifty time walking badges a pop. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It'd be interesting. I need to get the the last time walking mount before we get Legion time walking, and then save up for that. But there we go. It's just something else to try and find time to do. Yeah, like I just can't believe the the idea of Legion time walking. But I mean, it makes sense. It's just it's. It feels weird that feel like we we're that far along in, I mean, in the game's life. I imagine it'll be something that they announce, and it won't happen until like nine point one that a Legion time walking will be introduced. At that point, yeah. we'll probably you know further than nine point zero timescale, we'll probably get a raid for. Well, they're just doing Cataclysm ratings, so the next one after that would be Mists. So they'll probably put Throne of Thunder time walking in there. Oh no! You you know the the cave that you have to do the light to get around. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. With the cave that you've never do done the light around. Yeah, it, it's it's one in Legion. It's one of the dungeons where you have to take the uh, the light. I, I oh that one. Uh, I don't think they'll put the that one. Well, they might do actually because it was a max level dungeon that was mythic only. Um, I think they'll put they'll definitely put in the last one that was on Argus. I, I hope they don't put Cathedral in there because that was an absolute hellhole to run, especially on Mythic Plus. But I imagine they'll do that. They might do the the Watchers. The Tomb of the Watchers. Uh, 
I mean, here, here's what I hope they do. I hope they do more of Souls, because that was a fabulous dungeon. I yeah. hope they do the Valajar one, because that's pretty fun. Um, I think they'll do Eye of Ashara. Absolutely, because that one I ran a lot, and that would bring back memories, good and bad, from that one. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think it'll be those three, and then Cathedral and the one on Argus. Yeah, ugh, Cathedral was horrible. People will not get the last boss properly. Yeah, no. But uh, the easiest way I've found Warlords Time Walking is Demon Hunters. If you have Demon Hunters, they will absolutely just ruin anything on there. If they want to troll, they'll they'll do the one where you have to sneak into the into the city. Like, oh like you on the boat. no, I completely forgot about the Suramar ones. <laughs> Christ, that on Time Walking would be horrible. I love running that one on a new person. Because Jesus. They, hey, we're going to go after one of the big people. And the whole group dies. No, you got to pick them off one by one. <laughs> but they're right there. No, you got it. <laughs> it's one of those I always just laugh. I, was like, I, I never got upset. I was just like, I, I, and I, I'm bad. I just, I never told them what to do. Because yep. I didn't want somebody to be like, you don't know what to do. I know what to do. So I was just like, okay, we're dead. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> they typically learn after the second time. That's fair enough. So, uh, last week we talked about all of the content that was in 8.2.5. Um, yes. How much of that have you actually had a chance to play? The the whole campaign that, that we had, I worked on the, again, sort of the, the B-mount. Past that, I, I, did, I did not get a chance to do Party Sync because Michael was not able to do Genome because yeah. even there, there's a few things we might do with uh, Party Sync on that. Uh, couldn't do Refer Friend because that's not in, in the game. So I, I can't think of a lot that I did. Did you do the new it. Magni story? No, because I got to do LFR of Azjara. So I'm going to work on that. Is that an actual pre uh, prerequisite? Yep. You got to do wow. Zyquel and Azjara. So I, I need to I did not realize that. that. That's interesting. Okay. Um, I'm, you don't PvP, so I'm going to presume you haven't done uh, Ashran or Wintergrass, but I haven't done that either. Uh, t -t 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 have you had a look at the Goblin of the Worgen yet? I haven't had a chance to do that. No, but I, I talked with a person today who has like three or four Worgen, and they were just ecstatic. So oh, I, 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 I got from my sources that people love it. That's good. That's that's good to hear, at least. Um, I've heard that the bug in the Worgen start zone is still there. And oh. I saw a picture of like oh, loads of Worgen in Gilneas and they were unable to actually progress because the bug was still there that meant they couldn't continue. It's just weird because I, I talked to somebody today who said they actually did both the Goblin and Worgen starting zones after the patch and they got through all the stuff. Yeah, the, uh, the Goblin one's fine. There's no bug there. But apparently in the Worgen one, there is an issue uh, in like the the phase part where you go and fight Sylvanas in Gilneas. Uh, yeah. There's a bug where Sylvanas doesn't engage properly or something like that so you've got to tell people to just leave her until she finishes her dialogue and then resets but telling one person to do that's cool but telling like 20 30 50 people to not touch Sylvanas is it gets tricky so well, she wants people to, to go up to her and you just tell her you're nothing <laughs> uh yeah so there's that um i think so i've done the magni quest line i'm not going to spoil it for anyone it's really cool 
There's some really good stuff. I think I streamed it. Yes, I did stream it because I did a whole uh, let's hit 70 on the Heart of Azeroth on reset on EU, which we did. Uh, it was a lot nice. easier than I thought it was going to be. The last quest at level 70 is nothing. So, like you go to the Emerald Dream and you go and help the Greens and you go to the Twilight Highlands and you help the Reds. And, you know, that's pretty much it until you get to 70. And then 70 is literally talk to Caligos, fly to the Nexus. That's it. Oh. You fly to the top of the Oculus at the Nexus and he gives you the scale that they've imbued. And then he says, go back. Interestingly enough, if you talk to him before you complete the quest, he offers you a teleport back to the Chamber of Heart. If you progress past that step where you pick up the scale, doesn't offer you that option anymore because he despawns. So okay. You're a half stone. But, however, you do, once you go back to the Chamber of Heart after you pick up the scale and imbue it, because the quest is finished, you get a new quest from Magni where the reward is a toy. It's quite similar to the classes in Legion where you would get the toy to hold your weapons aloft, like you were imbuing them with artifact power. You get the you get a toy where you hold the Heart of Azeroth in your hand. However, I found out in the in the raid I did today. Ooh, my camera is skewiffed for some reason. There we go. My bad. I see what Ali was talking about now. Um, I've lost my point. Um. So, I found out in the raid today that if you use the toy where you hold the Heart of Azeroth in your hand, no one else can see it. The Interesting. The, the Legion toy, people can see you use. Other people can't see you hold the Heart of Azeroth in your hand. I mean, there's not, it's not the only toy that does that. I mean, personal spotlight, other people can't see you, and that always makes me sad because then people can't see me. Yeah. It's it's really weird. Um, it's not something I actually expected. Like, uh, it might be because other people haven't finished the quest. I don't know if that's a thing. I might have to report it as a bug to Blizzard, maybe. Um, yeah. It's it's really weird. Um, I expected a lot more for hitting seventy, rather than go to the Nexus, come back, get a toy, and you're done. However, the new quest line with Magni kind of makes up for it. So, uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit here or there. Like, the, the best thing I get out of it is that all about all of the Azeroi missions on the table have just changed to gold. So, those two-hour missions for Azeroi that you would get are now gold. So... Every two hours, I can log into my main or use the mobile app or something else like that. And there's like 500 gold. Okay, wow. It's not bad. So, yeah. And obviously, using any bonus coins in raids and everything else, you get 2,000 gold if you were going to roll artifact power. So, if you're using wall resources because you're like me and you've got 20,000 wall resources on your main character, you can just war resources just equate gold if you don't roll loot so 
It's one of That's those pretty things. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that that because you you the fact that you're at 770 right now means that you're probably raiding. So they said, okay, if you're raiding, then maybe we'll give you some extra gold to help with like repairs and stuff like well, that. That's interesting because we've actually just finished raiding until anniversary, and anniversary is going to be sat in LFR, and uh, anyway, so it's um, uh, and then obviously well, I think we're aiming to try and um, do an organized raid for when Firelands Time Walking comes out. Be interesting. I don't know. I have a feeling that I don't know if they do the the story around actually letting Ragnaros win, or if it's going to be around Dragonrath. Uh, pretty cool that that classic come out came out with like Ragnaros is one of the main bosses. Yeah. And we're getting Firelands as Ragnaros. Well, this is this is the other thing that they've done. Um, with the change to Firelands becoming an LFR, well, not LFR, but a time walking raid. Uh, they've obviously had to change it so it flex rather than having a 10 and 25. And so they've changed the main Firelands to be flex as well. Oh! How does that affect, like, runs? Because I, I know certain things will only happen on, on a certain instance type. Well, you've still got normal heroic. It's just that, like, instead of it being normal 10, 25 and heroic 10, 25, it's just normal flex and heroic flex. Okay. I'm just wondering now if they're going to do Time Walking Siege of Orgrimmar, if they're going to do Time Walking Throne of Thunder. I could see... I don't know which one I'd want more. Siege being more iconic. If they do Siege, it'll be the first mythic level dungeon that they'll... mythic level raid that they'll be tuning to be Time Walking. I mean, because then they'll have... My guess is... No, probably help Fire Peninsula for... for... Warlords. Maybe, I think it really depends where the story was. Like with Siege of Orgrimmar, if they'd done that as a Pandaria time walking, it would make more sense with where the story is now. But I don't know. But yeah, speaking of the story, we've talked about the cinematics and everything else. Oh, there's a lot to digest off those cinematics. Yes. I don't know. What were your? I mean, we'll start with uh, what was the first one called? The negotiation, the one with using the in-game models. So, maybe I wasn't following it. Just my only, my first thought was I was trying to figure out where they were in in that, in that one. Like, I I kept thinking it was outside of Brill, with, with all this stuff. What was the location? I mean, it was really cool. I just kept trying to figure out where they were meeting at. I'm assume. I mean, it's grassy, so I'm going to assume Dur um, Mulgore, because they're there to semi-protect Thunderbluff, is what I would assume. But would there's no stone tower, to my knowledge, in uh, Mulgore. Uh, Leo Wild's saying that uh, Taliesin's says they think it's in, they're in Dustfall. That and makes sense. That. that was my first feeling, but the greenery is not as lush in Dustwallow as the cinematic makes it appear. But Dustwallow is one of the first things that my brain jumped to because there's quite a few of those stone towers there. So yeah. That, that's not entirely out of the ballpark, one would assume. My, my, my biggest problem with the, the negotiation one is how 
Saurfang pivoted so quickly with how he felt with where the war chiefs were to wanting to fight for the cause. Because it just feels like after they finish talking in the tower, there doesn't seem to be a resolution of the change of mind there. And then they walk out and then all of a sudden Saurfang's like, what's our home? We're Azeroth. You know, and then they've decided to just pivot and fight for the planet rather than fight for the people. Yeah, especially because he, he seemed pretty down on everything up to that point. I mean, some of the other cinematics, that he, he wasn't looking pretty hopeful with a lot of things. No, it, it just seemed a little bit off, you know. Uh, I think the biggest thing that everybody really enjoyed uh, is the fact that they used uh, Rexar's model in this. Yeah, that was the biggest thing I saw from this. Um, a lot of people like the fact that Rexar was in that cinematic because he's not really like out, out of all the out of all the horde leaders there. Rexar's the only one that hasn't. I don't know. Hasn't made a big him he was there it when uh you go and assault stormsong valley but otherwise he hasn't really had a, a big viewpoint on part of the story i assume because sylvanas kills the tide sage and rexar's part of that storyline that's why rexar's there what are your thoughts i uh I'm a little ha hazy on two different characters are just because I Rexar's the big the yellow guy with the mask. Okay, okay, and and like I said, I I've never claimed to be a lore expert, so all oh, right, <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning. Well, let let, let me let me let let me uh, mock it down for you. Uh, Rexar is part of the Moxnafal clan. They're in the uh, the Blades Edge Mountains. Rexar himself, I believe, is a cross between an orc and an ogre. Okay. Uh, yeah, half orc, half ogre. Uh, he's a big hunter. He was in the Warlords of Draenor expansion. He went there and everything else. Uh, he's the guy that walked through in Classic in Desolus. He does the big old uh, walk of there. He's the champion of the Horde from Warcraft 3. Uh, really, there's not a lot we've really seen. He kind of pops up here and there. He's never really had a bit of impact on any real part of the story. But the parts he does do, everybody really loves it because... <laughs> because uh, because they love Rexar as a character, and because no one's really dabbled too much in how in Rexar in a large way to do with the story, like his character kind of realistically says stays the same, you know. Like that's kind of what happens when you don't mess around with the character. His his character, his backstory, and his feelings will stay the same. But he's a big yeah. he's a he's a big law character in the way Warcraft is. He's one of the few remaining ones from Warcraft Three now. Cause like I've heard the name, I just I haven't figured out where they are and stuff like that. That's one that it's at this kind of point that I would direct you to go and watch one of Noble's videos on Rexar. Okay. You know? Um, if you get time to do it. But Rexar's good for the Horde. Uh, like, he's still champion of the Horde. He still holds that title, to the best of yeah. my knowledge. And I like that, again, what I think is cool is that it really does show that the factions are not one-sided. And, and and that's one thing I've, I've, I've liked where they've been taking the story, that the faction isn't good or bad. It isn't Horde good or bad, Lions good or bad. That, that They're struggling, and... And I've been hoping that, that we would get to this turning point where we would turn from battling each other to being like, we got to save the planet. And, and, and like when, when, 
was it the first in <laughs> was it the first cinematic was it the first cinematic that they decided to do the four Azeroth at the end that they uh they didn't do four Azeroth but the the closest thing that they had to do, uh, did they do for Azeroth I think I can't recall without going to watch it again uh, and like go to the end to check but it's where they talked about what their home was and the and the the big come away from the story of that cinematic is how the home is the planet more than the city that they're from you know yeah it's odd, I mean, it's, it's odd seeing a lot of the hordes say this especially the orcs knowing that outland you know nagrand in outland is actually you know safe the planet's not deteriorating at the moment and you know i'm not sure in terms of law if the time portal is available to go back to uh Oh my god, I can't remember the name of the actual planet itself, but Warlords Outland. Uh, Draenor. Draenor, thank you. I'm not sure if there's a law reason to not be able to go back there, as far as I'm aware. There is. Because some guys have come back from there. Like, I don't think they've just managed to negotiate a way to open a time portal, a time rift, you know? Yeah. And what I love about the Razeroth chant is it does resonate even into to the real world. Like, w before the storm, really was a, a Sal brought up a cool point that it that it talks about minorities and people that have been disenfranchised. And I think what's cool about this one, every, people in different countries are feeling disenfranchised, and they're feeling a little... They don't know if they should be patriots of their country, that they should be feeling, because each country has stuff going on. So it's cool that Azeroth is going through the same questioning their factions, and we're able to play out our feelings in a game without having people get too defensive over it and, and, and getting too in that, that like we're able to talk about it in a manner that, that makes it where we can kind of put our guards down a little bit and we, we don't have all the, the baggage that comes of what the country we're from but i earth we are all of the same earth and it's i love seeing that being played out that's a good way to look at the story in a in a kind of way um it does feel kind like in a pessimistic cynical kind of way it really does feel like it's too forced to go with the expansion i could see that i, I don't I, I, can... I don't think in any sort of wartime thing if you think about this planet if you asked anybody what their home was they wouldn't immediately go earth is home because and i guess this is where the fantasy part of the game comes in with different worlds like Outland, Draenor, and Argus, you know, the ability to go to those different worlds. Like, we don't have the, that ability. So, like, it, I, I'm sure if you look at most sci-fi, a lot of people go, our home is Earth. Because they generalize that to be a planet, and a planet between other planets and everything else. We don't have that luxury in this real world. But yeah. I, can, I can see that. But when it comes to marginalizing the the minor races of of, of Azeroth, like I kind of thought that's what allied races were there for, you know. But no, no, go ahead, Presley, clean or something. In in the in the show that that even the races that we that we all need to work together and we need to bring people that the that we may have preconceived notions about. I mean, like I bring in the Void Elves into the Alliance. There's a lot of like, what are we doing there? I mean, and and. And, and like people are questioning why are we working with the void and stuff like that but it's the better everything yeah it's it's really bizarre 
a lot a lot of the way that they've tried to force a story um uh, i think we should talk about uh reckoning the six minute yes. the six minute proper cgi cinematic basically uh uh warcraft the last jedi sure okay <laughs> that was my thought at the beginning of reckoning i was like oh look it's luke skywalker jesus and now there needs to be a mashup where luke comes up and says hey i want makara kylo ren jesus christ um right. yeah so there's the six minute cinematic which pretty much follows on from the the beginning of the, the war campaign story it pretty much jumps into it. There's a few quests between negotiation and before you get to reckoning, but uh, reckoning for all it is six minutes is one of I believe it's one of the longest cinematics that exist in the game, like CGI ones, longer than I think longer than any of the intro cinematics for the expansions, because I think they yeah. all tally in at about three four minutes, and it looked amazing. I mean, it felt. I, I want to say one of their best cinematics, and there was even one on one point where I kept questioning, was it a in-game cinematic or were they bringing in a clip from the Warcraft movie? I mean, it looked that good to me. Well, a lot of people have just turned around and gone, why can't your cinematics department just make the Warcraft movie? Oh, and, and it would be like, do you know how long that six-minute cinematic that <laughs> I mean, they've been working on this? Well, they've probably, they probably, they probably been working on it since they finished the... Um, uh the intro cinematic for bfa or yeah well, i say that since they since they were done the other smaller cinematics old soldier was old soldier the last no the southang meet and thrall was the last cgi one yes because because old soldier like started that one that was kind of yeah. a we didn't realize that they would do this and then they started doing uh, and i think the, the there was one no, wait, I was in game. I was thinking the one where where Anduin lets Saurfang out. Of yeah, the... that's Old Soldier. So, well, no, Old Soldier is the one on the t before the battle for the Undersea. Then you've got the one in the stockades, and then you've got the the meeting of Thrall and Saurfang. Now, I think the big reason why Reckoning was in the game is because people complained that those three other CGI cinematics were not in the game. And I I see their point because it, it it is a it is a cool moment and. I this expansion we've had cinematics scenes and I, I think it is cool that they're bringing these into the game. I mean it was cool going to the Nashatar and all of a sudden having one of the Warbringers things pop up right at the point where it, it, it made sense. You, you're looking at a, yeah. a yeah. history. I mean yeah yeah no it's it's really it is really cool how they are doing that sort of thing. Uh, the actual cinematic team has actually killed it. This oh uh, yes. this expansion with. All of the small CGI ones. Like, it's insane how much they're throwing into getting the story. But the actual story of Reckoning itself, where it's Saofang sacrificing himself rather than the people on both sides of the conflict, specifically the Horde, to challenge Sylvanas for Mok Um A lot of people seem to be confused about what Mok actually entails. Because there are there are talks that the magic that Sylvanas used is against the rules of Mokgara, and uh, a lot of it stems off the back of the fight from Thrall and Garrosh in Draenor, and yes. the elemental magics that Thrall used. So 
after digging into it a little bit more, and there was a lot of conversation on Twitter as well regarding it, and Reddit as well. So Mokgarar is basically, they can use any weapon at their disposal, including magics that they have. It's using un unyieldy force like the poison that was adhered to Garrosh's axe as an unnatural weapon. That is That sort of thing is deemed uh, not good. <laughs> essentially but elemental magic stuff that is natural to the person like the magic that sylvanas had and used to win yeah that's all legal within a mokgara essentially is what's been clarified so okay so that's something so she didn't cheat but she screwed herself by saying the horde was nothing yeah and that was an interesting moment because when i i've seen it i've seen it twice the second time i was watching it there was a moment where you could tell it, she blurted it out. I mean, I mean, just like because she gets hit, gashed in the eye, and that that looked like a pretty deep cut. And, and it I, it reminds me of, of the same moment in the opening cinema, the the opening pre patch thing where where she takes the, the city down. It was that that moment where something something flipped in, in in her mind. And in this one, it was interesting that moment. Like, oh crap. I let out what I was feeling and couldn't go back from it. So she, she just went full force with it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really something that is bizarre to look at. If you look at Sylvanas's uh, character development, I would say from the beginning opening cinematic where she shouts for the horde and rallies the entirety of the, of the horde armies at Lordaeron. Yeah. To, I mean, if you look back at if you look back at the story from what she's done, and you see what Southang said in that fight about sacrificing forces on both sides uh, at Teldrassil, at Undercity, at you know Nazjatar and everything else, you see that there's obviously this plan. Uh, Christy Golden over on Twitter did uh, say that the story was the story for Sylvanas was set in place before she was even taken on board and helping write the story. Okay, so this whole this whole story plan that they've had for Sylvanas, as we've talked about recently, you know, previously, the story they've set in Sylvanas is to go forward. She's going to be the reason why we go into the next expansion. Just like uh, we had the bridging from Garrosh from Mist to Warlords, and we had Gul'dan from Warlords to Legion, and, you know, we had the sword from Legion to BFA was the one of the main starters and everything else. And Sylvanas will be the bridge from BFA into wherever we go next. And in one of the, one of the interviews the before BFA, they were saying that it were in a, th a three expansion cycle. So yeah, which is BFA what we mentioned previously as well. Yeah, so and it makes it makes sense that that we'll see Sylvanas, and we may not even see the end of Sylvanas' story arc right now. I'm not saying the end of Sylvanas, but the story arc until even two expansions from now. And if it, I'm it, hoping, is my thinking. I'm hoping they don't do what they've done with Garrosh and Gul'dan, which is, I mean, Gul'dan they did a little bit better, where they actually made him the main villain of the Nightwell. But Garrosh, they threw away in a side storyline. Yeah. Gul'dan kind of just like died with a whimper towards the end of the Nightwell. I mean, he was there as part of this big cinematic where Illidan returned and everything else, but he still 
you know, it was just, we need to push Gul'dan away from the Nightwell. You know, take back that stronghold. And that was it. Yeah. You and know, we, we, did, we didn't realize he was there. All we knew is that he, he'd struck up a bargain with um, Alessandra and ev uh, everything else. Elisand, sorry, not Alessandra. Uh, Elisand, and that they were going to use the Nightwell as the next Well of Eternity to try and bring Sargeras through. I don't think we'll see Azara or Nazoth for an expansion or two. Um, I don't know. Maybe some, maybe some Crucible of Storms type thing, but on a big raid level. We'll see more. I think we'll see more when it comes to BlizzCon. I think that's the big thing that they're going to do. I think Blizzard have done it really well where there's going to be... They've tried to tie up as many loose ends as possible with this storyline. We don't know if there's something time-locked behind new weeks. I don't think there is because we've had the two cinematics already. Yeah. Um, I think to just release Ashara and Nazoth from 8.2 and then just go straight into 8.3 about it, I think would be a bit weak, especially dealing with Ashara. I think they need a full expansion to really bloom and then have them as the end boss at the end of the ex that expansion itself. They've essentially been Thunder Kinged, but left open to do something with at the end of that raid. It is interesting that we have it have like four weeks till BlizzCon, yep. and we've basically done the storyline of eight point two point five. I mean that that is, and that it's done. I mean, I mean, there, there's nothing a lot to strive for other than like working on next, working on different things. I think that's it. I think they're ex I think they're expecting the anniversary to really pull through. And I think that they're either going to start in October or they'll start straight after BlizzCon. After BlizzCon probably makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but that gives a whole month of nothing. Yeah. Essentially. And that is a, a, like, it's not quite the drought of Warlord, but it's still, it, it is surprising that that we have that. I I, I wasn't expecting to, to log in Tuesday night and do it all and be done with it. That that, that surprised me. Yeah, uh, I was. As I said to you last week, I was expecting it to be drip fed to us over four weeks, and so that we end with the cinematic that is reckoning, and then we're like, "That was amazing." Where do we go from here? And then BlizzCon is the following weekend after, and then we get that, and then everybody's like, "Because then you go into that with so much hype of where do we go from there?" Yeah, it does make you wonder if they cut content or w w change the story a little bit. I mean, cinematics, you can't change a lot because that takes a lot of effort. I mean, but that's where I, it, it makes me, it makes me wonder, but they did hire more developers. They didn't cut the developers in the layoffs. They, they cut a lot of the community outreach people. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, but uh, the stuff I've heard from, Orgrimmar seems to be pretty cool. There's a yeah. lot of thrall walking around. There's a lot of interaction between the allied races leaders and a lot of the leaders that are there in um, actually in Orgrimmar. There's the, one of the big things I've seen is uh, Liadrin and an, uh, a squad of blood knights walking from the Orgrimmar portal through Orgrimmar. And it is cool that 
however your character did on the horde, it modifies how people treat you, what you hear. I mean, yeah. So if you if you actually didn't do Sylvanas Loyalist, uh, there's some specific whispers that you don't get. Um, but if you do do Sylvanas Loyalist, there's a whole extra cutscene. Uh, that's in the in-game story where you actually go to Windrun Aspire and you see more of Sylvanas' plan and you... It's... It definitely adds some extra depth to her character, but I almost feels like it takes it away a little bit to the outside. So, if you feel about it as an Alliance character, yeah? All you yeah. know is you've you've beaten... We, we've beaten back Sylvanas out of Orgrimmar. She's left the Horde. She's team-rocketed her way to the stars and just disappeared. Done. But now, because of the age of the internet that we are, and we get to see all the content that exists once it's unlocked, and we see the Loyalist storyline as well, we're like, had a grand scheme. We find out she actually did have a bargain with Ashara. You know? Stuff that yeah. wasn't confirmed beforehand. We find out that there's a grand plan, that there's still a grand ploy in place, and she's still playing chess with lots of different pieces and everything else, and there's more story to be had as stuff goes on, you know? Now, if we didn't have the age of the internet and have Wowhead and have everything available at our fingertips, the story where we the anyone that's not a loyalist and doesn't see that extra scene and then versus the loyalists who do see the extra scene there would be a great big air of difference as to how people see sylvanas and how people don't see sylvanas it's gonna i think it's eventually gonna end up the same way with the nazoth hat as well like there will be something for those people that have kept that hat on for the longest time okay so, I'm sure there is like even even just having it as a toy you might get to interact with something specific down the line who knows like whenever they decide to do something with Nazoth it's it's weird we have to wait until BlizzCon yeah it's a technical hat yeah um, I, I I need something because I I cannot put on good transmog on my head so Nazoth owes me big time <laughs> uh it's 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 interesting oh my god any what, what about you any final thoughts coming out of the back of um reckoning nope other than i thought it was really cool i i'm glad that the expansions were the as leo was saying that the characters realize now in game what some of us have thought that the battle of what the expansion title is and it's cool to see the characters realize it, it without i don't know if they actually did it but it, it, it's getting it's getting close to you know when that when the movie finally says the movie title we're at that point where mentally all the characters have said what the expansion title is without yeah. really saying it yeah no uh, i'd agree with that a lot um I mean, it, it really throws back to a couple of things that we've said over the course of the, the podcast over the last 20 weeks and everything else. Um, wow. 20 weeks. We are on episode 20. So, yeah, it's um, there's a there's a lot there. There's a lot to decongest, uh, decompact and uh, can, uh, decongest and everything else that exists in those storylines. And you've really got to look 
a little bit deeper go through reddit and read wowhead and look at all the different things that there are because the story the story evolves so much more when you look at theories and everything else that revolve and happen you know it's yeah. what it's why having stuff like the um the expansion speculation stuff happen and it's really cool because it puts these ideas of what if into your head and I, and as i said previously i'm a big what if what if kind of guy it's it's the big reason why i want a big infinite dragonflight expansion because there's so much there they could open up and i mean warlords of draenor was essentially a big what if kind of thing it's interesting there's a there's a lot there's, there's a lot there that I want. There's a lot there that can happen and everything else. I think the only thing that really stares at the moment is that... Did that put a nail in the coffin of the... Of the, um, the Shadowlands. The, the most recent Shadowlands thing. And I, I, yeah. guess we, I guess we got four weeks to wait, essentially. Yeah. In four weeks of speculation. Four weeks of more leaks. Yeah. Like uh, that, that, that rise of Nomergon. That, that's... Uh... <laughs> The drowning of Nomergon. The flooding of Nomergon. Hey, if we can get rid of all the the Lepernomes the same way that the that one day when we get rid of the blight in Undercity, we can kind of rebuild Undercity and make it a nice. The, the biggest fortress. problem, the biggest problem with the flooding of Nomergon is we lose the Nomergon pet dungeon. Oh yeah, well that's why you have Zadomi because Zadomi can take you back to the old. Because for Brewfest, I went and I got the uh, the pink elephant Alex and Teldrassil. So either I was hallucinating to get the pink Alex. <laughs> I was hallucinating about it. So I was walking around the, the, the charred remains of Teldrassil looking for pink Alex and the beer goggles make me not even see them. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I think that's a good point to end it before Frasley raves into Nomragon speculation galore and everything else. Mr. Frasley, where can they find you around the internet for those that don't know of you already? Uh, you can find me at frasley.com with all the podcasts, at frasleytastic on Twitter, and you can see me stream and do weird stuff dressed up as bubbles from Powerpuff Girls on twitch.tv slash frasleyes. Brilliant stuff. You can find me on my main Twitter at Titans Creed. You can follow my gaming specific one where I don't talk on that one at Gaming Phoenix. You can find uh, videos like this vidcast over on youtube.com slash Project Phoenix Productions or you can watch me stream live five to seven days a week over at twitch.tv slash Project Phoenix Productions. I do a variety of games including World of Warcraft itself. Feel free to come and join me. Uh, I've got mount runs to do at some point. Mr. Frasdy will be streaming a variety of World of Warcraft content as well. Um, we'll leave you with this thought, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, come get to us and touch on Twitter and everything else. Where do you think the future of the story goes and everything else? We'll be back next week as we talk about what we've done in Azeroth as well as whatever the big news topics of the week occur as well as our normal talking point. Thank you for being around, for listening, or watching if you've joined us live, or watching over on YouTube. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and until the next time, as Mr. Frasley likes to say, be awesome. Be awesome indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, take care, and we'll see you soon.